Welcome to the She Is Strong podcast. I'm your host, Shalonda, and welcome to episode three, Are You Depressed? Depression is such a huge topic to talk about. Um, the reason why I chose to talk about this is because I know so many people deal with depression, but deal with it on a like secret type of level where nobody can know that they're they're depressed. Nobody can know what they're dealing with because it's sort of like depression shames you where you feel like if I tell somebody what I'm dealing with and my thoughts and I tell somebody what level of depression I'm at, then I'll probably be, sh- you know, looked shamed upon. I'll probably um, be looked at where they'll, they'll probably, you know, do think that I can't handle life when honestly, depression sometimes can just be a moment in life where it just knocks you off your feet. And I thank God I've dealt with depression and I thank God the moments that I did deal with depression that it was just a moment that God snapped me out of it quickly. Um, and it wasn't something that I've lived in. I know people where they've dealt with depression their entire life. And you can even call depression a generation curse. Because if you're growing up in a home where depression is present... You don't know anything outside of that. So some people live their life on a constant depression level. Like they they don't know anything outside of depression. So when they finally either like admit to themselves like there's something wrong with my environment, there's something wrong with my thought process, there's something wrong with my moods that I need to find a different way of living and they either you know some people maybe um find therapy some people um you know maybe they find a relative that has broken the generation curse and able to reach out to them and talk about depression you know whatever way you find to break your depression um is dope. Like I commend you for that. I commend you for willing to step up and say something's not right and I need help. I am so pro therapy. I feel like everybody should get free therapy. Um especially the black community just from everything that's going on present and in the past. But um I just feel like therapy should be free and everybody should be able to go to therapy and it should not be frowned upon um, because therapy, to me, I remember the first time I went to therapy, I felt like I was just able to do like, I did like a word vomit with my therapist and she took, or like I gave her this messy ball of yarn and she took it and slowly unraveled each piece of yarn and showed me how to properly deal with it in a healthy manner. Like that's what therapy is to me. And it it may sound so crazy, but that's what therapy is to me. And I honestly believe like everybody 
Because we all go through things in life. I don't care who you are. I don't care what status of life you may be on. We all deal with stuff. We all make mistakes. We all deal with some type of level of anxiety and depression. And I feel like therapy is just that outlet that is able to help you figure life out. So um, I really wanted to just dedicate this episode to everyone that may be in that dark space, whether maybe you're a new mom and maybe you're dealing with postpartum depression. And I, you know, thank God that I've never dealt with that. But just reading about it and just knowing people that have gone through it, there is no shame in postpartum depression. There's no shame in asking for help. There's no shame in saying, as a new mom, there's something not right. I'm not clicking with my baby. I don't have those feelings that I should as a mother. And there's no shame in saying, I need a second. I need a second to just figure this all out. Because there's so many cases of mothers where they did they were afraid to speak out and they took their lives and i would rather you be bold and just say hey i need a second i don't know what's going on and whether it's you going to see a therapist and talking about it or maybe you need to get on some type of medication for a temporary moment to regulate everything because what we as women go through so much we go through so much in life and our bodies go through it our mental health go through it like we go through it as a total package and some moms just don't bounce back like other moms and that is okay that doesn't make you any less of any less less of a mother you know, you're just as much as a superhero as the rest of us moms out here. Um, so I commend every mother that is not afraid to speak up and say, something's not right. You know, I need some extra help. I don't feel right. Uh, maybe I need to take some medicine. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with saying that you have to take some medicine to get back to who you are or to get back to feeling again. Um, so yeah, I just feel like depression is not talked about enough. Um, I feel like it's talked about more these days. I feel like our my generation is bringing out the mental health okayness, the mental health awareness where it's okay to say, I deal with anxiety. I deal with depression. Maybe I deal with suicidal thoughts. It's okay. And I need help. I feel like my generation was the generation that really was bold about that, which is really dope. And I can't, again, I commend anybody that is willing to step back and say, something is just not right and I need help. Like, in my eyes, you're a superhero. You, You... you are better than a lot of us who we just, you know, don't talk about it. Um, so I, I think you're so amazing for that. Um, 
and again, I, I and then then I think there's also moments where people deal with depression, and they are afraid to speak out because the people that the, are surrounded around them, God will t- tell their business, um, will gossip about them. I always see this meme where it says, you know. People are dealing with depression, but can't talk to you about it because they know you'll gossip about them. And that is so real. Like, that's something that I've really been trying to work on, like, these last two years is not gossiping about people or not having those judgments about people or... And I really, really wasn't a big... I was never a gossiper. It was just the people that I was surrounded around and they would gossip and I would allow it. And I mean, that, and that's just as bad as gossiping. That doesn't make me any better. Um, but I really have taken the time to eliminate those people because I don't like to talk about people. I don't like to judge people. And I know some people probably say, you know, it's life and stuff like that, but... I don't. And even like, it's funny because I watch my son and I swear he is like, he, God did, uh, God, God just did um, so many great things in him. And I just watch how he just loves people. He truly loves people. Like he, and he never has anything bad to say about people like he truly is a such a good light in this world and it just makes me feel so good to know like that I am raising this little person to be you know this great person but this great light but he does he he finds the good in everybody and he's never afraid to compliment somebody like he's never afraid like even when we go out to eat he immediately picks up on if our waiter or waitress is outgoing like and I know some people are like they don't like the overbearing uh, waiter or waitress and they don't like them constantly checking in but my and my son is he will immediately turn to me and just say they're really nice or they're such a good person and it's not like that person's that waiter or waitress is not even like far from our table so I know they always hear the compliment um but it's just it it puts so much joy in my heart that he has that type of heart because I just feel, one, I feel like kids grow up so fast these days. And I try to protect him to make sure that he gets to enjoy his childhood. And he gets to live out, you know, being a kid. And he doesn't look back on his childhood and say, I had to grow up fast or any of that. And I definitely don't want him to have to grow up in a childhood where he has to repair from it. And that's why, like, when... I had moments of depression. I dealt with them. I had to deal with them because, and I had to be able to talk about it because I don't want, A, my son to be the the type. There's so many stereotypes for black men. And and regardless of 
my mother being white, the world looks at my son. They're never going to look at my son and say, well, his grandmother's white. So he, you know, that he's, he's white. They're going to look at my child and say, that's a black little boy, or that's a black man. And there's so many stereotypes for black men and being angry. And I refuse for my son to grow up and be an angry black man that cannot talk about his feelings and they cannot talk about, um, you know, and he gets into fights and and just all of that. Like, I want him to be able to talk about his feelings. So I'm big on giving him his space in his moments of either anger or sadness. But then we have conversations where we talk about it. We talk about what made, you know, why he was upset. Why, what made him feel like that. And I have a very open relationship with my son where he can tell me, mom, you did this and it hurt my feelings. And I'm open to hearing that so that I can apologize. I'm very big on apology, on apologizing. Like whether it's, to, especially to my son, but to other people too. Um, because I know what it's feel, it feels like to walk around without an apology. And it, sometimes it sucks. <laughs> it really does. Like as much as you want to sit back and say, I don't need that apology. Sometimes you wish you had that apology. But I'm very big on making sure I apologize to my son and being upfront with him and saying, mommy was wrong for that. I did ABC and I shouldn't have. I should have dealt with it this way or I shouldn't have got angry with you. I shouldn't have raised my voice in that moment and I apologize and that was wrong. Um, But I am very big on making sure that my son is able to talk about his feelings because I refuse for him to be to live in that stereotype of an angry black man. And again, that goes back to the whole therapy session where I said, I feel like therapy for black people should just be free. And I'm not trying to like upscale, you know, pain for one race than the other, but black people have been through so much. And it's like, how do you deal with that on a daily basis? How do you go through that all of that stuff and mentally deal with it? And so many black people have just covered the you know you lift up the the um carpet and you just um sweep it under there and it's like you, we can't be like that. Like you 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 can't deal with those issues by just sweeping them under the rug. So that's my whole, you know, reasoning on why I feel as though, especially for black people, therapy should be free, especially with everything that's going on today. Um, But back to, I know I went like all over the place, back to depression. Depression is real. Depression is valid. Your feelings are valid. Your emotions are valid. And I just pray that you find a space, whether it's with a therapist, whether maybe your doctor, uh, maybe it's a friend, maybe it's a family member. I just pray that you find a space to talk about depression um, because depression can lead you down a dark road to the point where you start to deal with drugs, 
You deal with suicide thoughts. Um, you may even attempt, attempt or succeed at suicide. And even suicide is real. Like those thoughts are real. Um, I've never personally dealt with suicide or the thoughts of it, but I know people that have, and it's not something, it's not fun. Like, it's not fun to watch people go through that. It's not fun to listen to somebody cry out for help like that. Um, So if you are dealing with suicide, I just want to let you know that you are strong. You, you are very strong for, to keep going, but it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to say, Hey, I'm struggling. It's okay to say, Hey, this is just all too much right now. So I just pray that anybody dealing with any type of mental health, um, issues, you just learn to say, to step up and say, I need help. Um, I pray that it never gets too much to where you want to take your life or where you go down a road of drugs or alcoholism um, or whatever drug. Because even sex can be a drug for people. You know, some people don't want to admit that, but some people are addicted to sex. They are constantly having sex um, to... uh, mask out those feelings of what they are feeling um I should have named this something other than are you depressed I should have named it like something with your mental health so I'll probably name (laughs) name it on the podcast something as far as mental health um because I kind of like covered it all um but we we need to have more conversations like this we need to have more conversations about mental health, especially with our children, um, especially with our college students. Like, I know that, I know even for my brother, his first year was tough. Like, you're, you're going into a whole new environment and you have to learn, basically learn to survive on your own to a certain point. Um, so even just to talk to them about that and see if they're struggling, because I believe like, it starts at such an early age, like even in high school, it starts with all the prayer pressure and social media now. Social media is so awful. It is. It's It's just like this world, world where it's trying to tell you who you have to be and who you can't be. And it you have to look like this and you got to go get a BB. I think it's a BBL. Maybe. It, yeah, it's BBL. Um or you're not good enough and you have to get all this surgery to make yourself feel good. And it's like, it just takes you to, it takes you like, social media can take you to such a dark place where you are dealing with depression, anxiety, suicide thoughts, loneliness. Um, Cause you never know what these people are dealing with behind these pictures or behind these rails or behind these videos. Like you never know what people are dealing with. And I, I just, I never would want to be in that spotlight. I never would want to be in the spotlight where there are like a thousand eyes on me. Cause I know that has to be a lot, a lot because 
you constantly have to be perfect. Even though like nobody is perfect, you constantly have to live up to those social media roles, basically, of being trying to be perfect for these people that at the end of the day don't ca- don't care. You know, if you yeah, if you lose all your followers today, then what? But but yeah, mental health is good it's good to have check-ins it's good to talk about things it's good to say hey I need help or hey I just need the weekend away from my kids um or I need to go see a doctor it's okay to go see a doctor it's okay to be on medication it's okay to whatever your form of helping you get better therapy um you know the proper medication from a doctor um exercise reading going to church being around loved ones and having whatever your safe zone is and that's something like i've really been working on finding my safe areas you know and weeding out even weeding out the bad weeds um you know i've really been going through a season of learning who who am I safe with? And that's very important to me because I've lived, I've, I've went through situations where people were just around just to be around. Um, people were around because of me being a good friend, but could never be a good friend to me. People were around because of the benefits I was able to offer. Um, but can never offer anything in a, in return. And I'm in a place where I'm not dealing with that. My And it even goes back to my mental health because when you deal with that type of stuff, it comes with depression. It comes with loneliness. It comes with even questioning your self-worth. It comes with, it comes with so much mentally that I refuse to be in a place where if anybody is take is taking away from my peace, if anybody is not serving me in a manner where I feel healthy, I feel like it's a two-way street because relationships are a two-way street. And I noticed a lot of times I will give, give, and give until I see that this is just a one-way street and then I I stop giving. I literally stop the text messages. I stop the calls. I stop the check-ins because nobody deserves to be in any type of relationship, whether it's a with a, a um, like a significant other, whether it's with a friendship, even a family member, nobody deserves to be in a relationship where it's constantly a one-way street. That causes depression. That causes anxiety. That causes you to constantly question what is wrong with me. And I refuse to keep serving relationships like that. Like It has to be a two-way street. And I understand even as an adult we all go through periods where we back up. We get a little quiet. We don't talk every day. I get that. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about where it's a one-way street and 
you're you're the only person serving. You're the only person reaching out. You're the only person, if that person moves away, you're the only person saying, hey, um, I miss you. Or, hey, when can we see each other? You're the only person doing that. That's what I'm talking about. When you're the only person saying, hey, can we hang out? When you're the only person, you know, or unless it's convenient for them. And you know those relationships. You You figure it out. You go through it enough where you're like, yeah, this is a one-way street. Those are the type of relationships I'm talking about because those relationships also cause you to have some type of mental health where it's like anxiety or you're second-guessing your self-worth or depression. And I know I'm no longer serving those relationships. Um I want people in my corner where we celebrate each other. I want people in my corner where they're in a room of opportunity and they're like, yo, Shalonda would be good for that. And vice versa. Because I'm that type of person, you know? I'm that type of person, even for strangers. <laughs> I remember being at the barbershop a couple of weeks ago and this guy uh, was talking to the barber and he's looking for a car shop a new car garage um, place. And I rode past one and randomly just thought of the person like, here's one, you know, I could send to the barber and he could share with him. Um, And that, I'm a giving person. And I think sometimes that is, people take advantage of that. But I've learned that even, I've learned like even healing and going through my process and dealing with issues, um, that I'm in a safe zone and I'm all about keeping my safe zone and keeping my peace and keeping my joy. So anyone that comes along and interrupts that, you have to go. Like, and I understand we all make mistakes, but you learn who's going to consistently make those mistakes and who's consistently going to choose those options to take away from your peace and your joy and who's there to genuinely look out for you. Who's who's there that maybe made a mistake but genuinely was sorry about it and genuinely did better. Um, So yeah, I, I think that's another important factor when it comes to our mental health is who is in your space who are you inviting into your space and it's so important even as a parent it's so important to protect your space because not everybody can come in not everybody is looking out for you and if they ain't looking out for you they're not looking out for your kids and it's not even like printing responsibility on other people it's just basically saying I'm willing to be there for you, but are you willing to be there for me also? Um, so yeah, I just think it's just ment- the mental health, like constantly checking in, constantly. And if you don't have nobody to check in with and you, because you don't feel like you have safe people, ask God to bring those people to you. Ask God to open those doors to show you who you can trust. Because I know what it's like to constantly go through relationships and they let you down and and deal with selfish relationships where it was one-sided. And you start to question 
everybody. You start to question all the motives where it's like, well, nobody will ever be good enough. I'm not good enough for anybody just to be there for me. And that's not true. You know, that is not true. That's definitely lies from the enemy. But just be bold enough to say to God, I feel like I have nobody for my safe zone that I could just talk to. Can you open those doors for me? And God definitely will open those doors to be able to give you people that you can entrust with your feelings, that you can entrust with all of that. So I just, you know, I pray that you're bold enough to ask that and not just sit in, well, I'm not, I'm not good enough. I'll never have somebody. And here's another thing I really had to learn. Who you are as a person is not always going to be what people are to you. Like I'm a giver, but I had to learn to protect when to give and when not to give, when to keep giving and when to stop giving. Um, but because I'm a giver, doesn't mean that my friends are always going to be giver, givers in the way that I am. It doesn't mean that my friends are always going to be on top of it. Like they give in their own different ways, you know? So, and that's something that you have to accept also. Like not everybody, not everybody is going to be you. Not everybody's going to have your back like you. So it is important to make sure that you always take care of you first. Even when you're on the airplane, I know like our kids are sitting next to us and stuff, but they tell you put on your mask first, because if you don't put on your mask first and get you together, you can't help put on somebody else's mask. If I'm not able to breathe, how can I put my son's mask on? I'm going to pass out. So it's like you got to take care of home first, even as a parent. If I can't, if I don't take care of my mental health, I can't help my son when he has, because he's, there's going to be a point where he, he may deal with depression. There's going to be a point where he deals with anxiety. There's, I'm not going to be able to help him deal with it in a healthy manner. So Make sure you take care of home first. Make sure you take care of you first. But also know that your gift to the world is not always going to be what, it's not always going to look like what the people in your circle or even your person, your your gifts are going to be totally different. And I I was actually watching this, um, I forget what it's called. So it's these video, it's this they have a Facebook page or Instagram page and they bring like people who are no longer together exes and they bring like married people and I guess dating people together and they have real conversations and it was this one married couple where I think they went on there twice I didn't didn't watch the first one but I watched the second one and they were talking about their love languages and he is was an affectionate person. Like he liked to hug, he liked to touch. Um, and she was an affirmation person where she needed to know, like, and and I guess an act I guess action would be along with affirmation, but she needed to see it all. Like that's where her mojo came from and they said to like her husband had said to her I was constantly loving you in my love language 
that I didn't stop to realize that that wasn't your love, her love language. And that he said he had to step back and learn that her love language was, hey, babe, I did the dishes. Or, hey, I just wanted to remind you that you're awesome. When he, And then she also admitted she had to learn to hug him more because that, and not that she wasn't hugging him, you know, already, but he needed it extra because that was his love language. So I think like even in friendships, we have to learn each other's love languages. We have to learn that just because I'm a person who I I like to hear what you think. I like to, hear, you know, talk. I like to have deep conversations. Maybe your love language is me saying, hey, hey, girl, I thought about you at the store and I knew this color lipstick looked good on you. Or, hey, you want to go play some ball? Like, maybe. So I think even in friendships, we have to learn each other's love languages. Um. So, again, I just feel like this was just a, such an important conversation to talk about mental health. Um, Like I said, I feel like my generation talks about it, but there's still so much work that we need to do because I never want somebody to be out there and feel alone. I've been, I've been there before. Um, And it's not fun. It's not a place that anybody, I would ever want anybody to feel. So I don't know. My inbox is always open or my phone number if you have it. Um, But I'm willing to be there for anybody that needs to cry. I'm willing to be there for anybody that we could just sit in silence and not say anything. I'm willing for it to be anybody's outlet to say I'm dealing with depression and we figure out ways to for you to get better. Or I'm dealing with suicide thoughts and we figure out ways for you to heal from those thoughts and not have them anymore. I'm here for whatever, whenever. Um, and I truly mean that. I know some, so many people say that, but I truly mean that. Um, I am willing to be there as long as you're willing to be there for yourself. Cause that's the other thing. If you don't want it more than I want it for you, it's never going to work. So it got to be a, I want this for myself, but I need some help getting it. And I'm definitely there to support you and to help you find your mojo, help you find your healing. You know, even if it's going with you to therapy and just sitting in the in the waiting room and waiting for you to get done and cheering you on, going to, maybe you're dealing with postpartum depression. We could FaceTime or I guess in my doctor's office while you go through it and hold your hand. You know, whatever it is. Because I just feel like there's not enough people out here that's willing to genuinely be that person. So I'm definitely willing to be that person as long as you're willing to want it more than I want it for you. Um, so yeah, episode three, again, I know I started out saying that it was, I think I said the title, sorry, depressed, but I'm definitely going to title it something different. Um, because I definitely covered, I feel like a lot, probably not all of mental health, but a lot of it. Um, and again, there's so many hotlines and I will definitely um list them in the I think there's like a um I think there's like a description place where I can I can post them. Um I'll post some different 
hotlines. Um, again, I, I'm not the t- like I said. I don't. I don't gossip. I don't tell people's business. So I, if you need somebody and you feel like you could trust me, my door is open. Um, I'm always willing to help find you help as long as you're willing to help yourself first. And yeah, I hope this helps somebody. I hope somebody finds some type of relief. I hope there was some, somebody was able to just breathe. Somebody was able to sigh and let some, just maybe a little bit of what you're going through out. Um, again, thank you for listening. Thank you for bearing with me. I know, I know we all go through our stuff. Um, I, sh- I struggle with these episodes because I think I have like the perfection. Um, I want them to be perfect. And then, so I'll record and then delete, record and delete. Um, so I know it's been a little while, but I do thank everybody for, you know, listening, even if it's one person, heck, I just hope that I can reach one person. So again, thank you. Mental health is key to a happy life. I'm telling you, healing is key to a happy life. So I pray whatever you need to find your safe, your, you know, your safe areas with people. I pray that you, you find that. I pray that you find people that make you feel safe. I find that if you need to go to therapy, I find you I pray you find the therapist that fits you. I pray your doctors listen to you. Um I pray you f- don't feel crazy because you're not. Um I pray you're bold enough to talk about how you're feeling whether it's with your spouse, your significant other, your friends. And if those people don't make you feel safe, I pray you're bold enough to to remove them and to find people that do make you feel safe. Again, thank you for listening.